Hello! I am so excited to be able to present to you today uh, my guest, Diana Athena, who is a yoga teacher. Uh, she teaches vinyasa and traditional hot. Um, you know, Diana has been through so many things in life, so many challenges, uh, and yet she has such a positive, warm sensibility, demeanor, and, and outlook. And to be in the room with Diana is just, she's so radiant and, uh, and funny and personable. You know, this conversation reminded me of reading the uh, Bhagavad Gita, which reminds you to make the effort to do the work. Throw those results we think we want away. There really is no end goal to much of life. So, what about being happy in the present moment? You know, I, 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 one thing that I, I try to do is tell myself, don't force anything. Don't resist anything. If you're going to feel sad, sit with it. Learn from it. Because pushing it away is just such an incredible heavy lift. We have these ideas about our life. And then life happens. Or maybe in some cases it doesn't happen. Things that are beyond our control, certainly things we didn't plan for, happen. And so we pivot. Some people fall apart. Some people change and ultimately grow. So think back to where you were five years ago, 10 years ago. And think about the, how many things you didn't anticipate happening, happening. And think about how you've changed as a person. You know, all these things can can come together to, to craft this life that you never thought you wanted or knew you wanted. You know, become this this beacon of hope for so many people that you may not even be aware of. People look to you to and you may not even be aware of your what your energy and what your outlook and your even your personality does for them. So what Diana reminds me is if you are a teacher, continue to be a student too, because they go hand in hand. So without further delay, my empathic, fun, full of laughs conversation with the lovely, the talented Diana Athena, episode 213 of the Vandertron Curious World podcast starts right now. You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. You're listening to Vandal Tron's Curious World Podcast. Check it out, baby. Process of, of learning. You know, how, I guess, what does yoga mean to you now? I, I imagine it's changed since the time you, like, initially started. Yeah. That's, like, the deepest question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just skip it. Just, yeah, no, just... I, I can try and answer. It's just, like, the whole conversation is going to be about what is yoga maybe, to me. Maybe we should just start talking about cats or something. <laughs> 
Uh, well, it definitely changed. First of all, I started yoga for a very um, simple reasons, like losing weight and getting more toned and getting more flexible. And my first class was, I think, seven years ago. It was a traditional hot, 90 minutes, Bikram, uh, which, you know, I thought I was going to die. Like, why am I here? <laughs> what did, is Did you this? go with a friend or were you kind of... I went with a friend, yeah. yeah. And it was like a 10 a.m. class where at the time I was working a bar job. So it was like a night owl going to bed, usually at 5 a.m. So just waking up at 8 to make it to class at 10 was already a challenge. And then, you know, being in 105 degree room for an hour and a half, doing some weird stuff there. It was interesting. <laughs> Had you done yoga before? No, that was my no. first ever yoga class. Wow. So you were like, what is, what is happening? What yeah. is going on? Yeah, totally. And I remember asking the teacher and be like, that's my first yoga class. Is it okay to start with the hot? And she's like, oh yeah, totally. You got to Just, you know, have fun in there. Take breaks as you need them. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and I remember I started to, um, like trying to offend myself with the hands yeah. and the teacher came up to me. She's like, honey, that's just going to make you hotter. <laughs> Stop doing that. I'm like, <laughs> just rolled my eyes at her and you know anyway I survived the class and always that feeling a post hot yoga feeling that's what they say brings you back now, but did you have it your first time mm -hmm. or did, were you like oh my god I'm not no like I did I did um, I, I mean it was totally crazy right I had no idea what's going on and then I left the class and actually went to work the bar uh, right away and um, I just had this like flowing easy feeling which felt cool and I decided to do it again so I went again I think a week later or something like that and then I went again and again and then I ended up breaking my finger and spraining my ankle so it took like a year long break from yoga but then I came back <laughs> so what were you thinking about in that year away from it I wasn't as addicted as I am now because it was just like at a starting point. It was after like my five first classes that it happened, the injury. And um, I don't know. It wasn't just a breaking finger. It was kind of a really huge change in my entire life. Like I lost my job because of that. And I've been going for some other things. And anyway, it's just like a really like long life changing experience kind of and everything is just falling apart at the same time. Uh, but I like to look at those things as an opportunity to rebuild everything as you want it. And that was one of those times. So when you're, uh, do you have a certain, uh, a place to, that you're always going to in your mind or is it just different or do you kind of just have like an open, like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm just where, wherever my mind goes, whenever you practice. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess I'll preface so for, for folks listening, um, that have never taken hot yoga. It's, you know, teachers will always tell you just your main focus is to stay in the room. And stay in the room physically, but also mentally, like be present. And so I think a lot of times people kind of cheat that and just, you know, maybe they'll think about their grocery lists or they'll think about, um, you know, the email that they need to send or how many text messages they have uh, that are waiting for them. And, you know, you, and then hopefully your mind can wander back into what you're doing. Um, and then some people have like a certain place that they go to every single time that they practice. 
Um, do, do you have that, um, that sort of routine for your mind when you practice? I don't think so. I like to, uh, the, the, my practice shifted a whole lot ever since I became a teacher. And honestly, it's hard for me at this point to remember how it was before, if I was like thinking about something or not. Now I know whenever I practice hot, um, I go in and, you know, focus on the poses. It is challenging for me to keep my attention to myself uh, and keep my energy within myself. Because as a teacher, I start looking around the room and just, mm -hmm. yeah, looking at what everybody else is doing or like what the teacher is doing and keeping attention on the other teacher's words and seeing like if I like something about that and how would I do things. Sometimes that happens, but sometimes I get to go to the place where I just focus on my own energy and just breath. Yeah, and noticing how the breath affects my body and how much deeper I can go to the poses using my breath. What's the most uh, challenging aspect of being a teacher? Dropping expectations. What do you mean? Every single class is different. Like one day I can have an amazing class and everybody is moving together. Everybody's having a good time. And I feel like my words are flowing and I'm saying exactly the, like, the right thing that I'm supposed to say and what people need to hear. And it just feels like amazing. And when it happens, Obviously, you know, and it's probably something I should work on. You know, I get attached to the experience. And then the next day I'll go into the class being like, oh my God, yesterday I had this really cool class. Let me do it again. And having those expectations usually does not work at all because that, like having that, leaving me, like it leaves me outside of this room. Like I'm not present because I'm trying to have exactly the same experience as I did before. So I asked that question with, uh, so last time I went to the um, studio, I, I, Quasi and Charlie were there. And, uh, you know, Quasi was saying that, uh, who's, who's been a guest on here? Quasi was saying that, um, you know, it, he, he tries to shift based on the class. You mm -hmm. know, if everybody's dying and he, you know, he says like, you know, now, <laughs> now we're standing bow and like everybody's just like passed out. He tries to shift, but not too much. And then Charlie was like, ah, he's like, I get so angry. I get so angry. I just want everybody to just like, give to, like, just go, just give it a hundred percent. I get so mad. And I thought like, I guess we're all just human, right? I mean, that's just, that's just how he's built. And that's, he carries that onto his, his class. Um, so for you, is it, is it the other way around? Like, do you feel like your, your personality and the way you see the world has affected your teaching or other way around? Definitely both. Um, my personality, how I see the world changed my teaching. I think so. My practice, um, I recently did another 200 hour vinyasa teacher training, which required a lot of spiritual work. And I shifted more towards meditation and more going inwards, which in turn affected how I teach. So I tried to talk more to people, like keeping stillness and going inside and, you know, listening to themselves and trying to meet them where they at. Um, also me teaching and me trying to hold space for people, like where Charlie says there are moments when everybody's dying, it makes him angry. Definitely happened to me before. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's like, come on, you know, get up and do it. <laughs> but that also teaches um, how to be compassionate about people, right? And like, what can I say to inspire people to move? I like, do I give them an extra breath? Um, do I, you know, try to hold space and push them through? 
And the answer is always different. So again, it's not just showing up for myself when I teach, but also showing up for them and trying to find that balance, you know, how to, how much I should push and how much I should give them a break. Right. And do you include yourself in that? When I practice? No, what you just said, how much, how much you should push and how much you should give them a break. Do you apply that to yourself? I'd say so. I'm trying to find balance in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, um, there was a show that you're on, on uh, the YouTube show. I think it was, the, is it called, was it called The Wheel? The Wheel Uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. So um, do you want to just want to explain a little bit about that for, um, for people listening that weren't too familiar with that? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a brand new show, and I was one of the first guests there. It is a wheel where we have a couple of questions. Um, it gets spinned. And whatever subject uh, is shown, like, let's say, I don't remember what was that. Uh, like a talent, right? Or something that you want to do, or I remember you had to sing. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I had to sing. <laughs> one of them was singing, another one was like uh, trust issues or something like that. And one of the questions was a jaw cookie, which meant... Um, describing an event which brings you inspiration in your life or like something that happened to you uh one question was crazy that's when i told my crazy yeah. story yeah uh, so it was fun and uh, the whole meaning of the show is just to bring you to the certain point of vulnerability and get you step over that fear where you have to talk about things with the person you don't know so reference that because you you alluded to well you you labeled yourself as there was a time where you were batshit crazy yeah so uh, <laughs> still am <laughs> but you maybe not so much crazy maybe not so much that level like how how were you different then other than I, I would imagine some behaviors were probably different you probably saw the world a little differently yeah totally well. Okay, so I think I have to tell a little bit of myself about myself to explain this. So I moved to this country when I was 19, and it was just me. So you're 19 years old. and What, what compelled you to? to... Um, it just sort of happened. There wasn't, like, I didn't go to college. I didn't get, like, a student visa or anything like that. I came as a tourist, and then I just stayed. In New yeah. York? In New York, yeah. What, uh, what, in Manhattan? Or? Uh, in Brooklyn. I had a friend who helped me out for the first couple of months. Anyway, and, you where, know. Where did you move from? From Russia. Uh, what part? Uh, Siberia. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said wow. I just because you know it's exotic and you just think of like yeah. You just think of snow all the time. Yeah, right? no, that's not true, is it? <laughs> it is. Well, really? it's not all the time. We have summer, uh, but it's shorter, oh. and it actually gets really hot in the summer, like 30s and Celsius. What? So what were some? Um, some of the images or ideas about uh, America or New York that compelled you to come here? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like in Russia, I think it's a Russian mentality and it still is there, unfortunately, that, you know, here in this country, everything is just so easy. You know, you get what you want and the money grows on trees and life is just beautiful right. and everything gives you your dreams on the golden plate. Um, so, and plus watching movies, you know, the huge Hollywood influence, definitely. Like what, what were some movies or some songs or something that made you, that they were like, that's it, I'm going. It's uh, was it like Cindy Lauper or something? No, 
my favorite actor is Michael J. Fox. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of his movies, are like some of them are in New York. Right. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I want to be there. <laughs> I don't know. It just always was inside of me, kind of. I always knew that I wanted to live here. And I knew that if I get that opportunity, I'm probably going to make it happen. And I got that opportunity. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I can tell that I did make it happen. <laughs> what, what, was the, um, what was the reaction from your family? They didn't really mind. Well, my mom was excited for me to be here, um, definitely. And I never really had a very tight relationship with my family. My family is really open-minded. Um, like, my mom allowed me to work night tap job in a club when I was, like, 17 years old. <laughs> yeah, so um, they were fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could happen? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you you've you've come to you know you've come to New York specifically, right? And like, you're looking for Michael J. Fox. You're know, walking around. <laughs> you get a job working nights because you've been working nights since you were 16, and yeah, um, you're not afraid of the nightlife. You're and then uh, so, but what are you enjoying yourself at this time? Are you having fun? Yeah, of course. Miserable? I mean, I was 19 years old. It's <laughs> like getting all this freedom and being in a foreign country where like nobody knows you. And, you know, there's a huge Russian community down in Shipset Bay and Brighton right, Beach yeah. where nobody really cares to see your ID, to pour you a drink. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a fake ID, too. So anyway, I had fun. And, um, yeah, one of the reasons why that fun lasted as long as it lasted is because I never really knew what I wanted to do in my life. Like, I knew eventually I would have to go to school. But I didn't want to go to school just to get a degree. Um, so I was waiting to just figure out what I want to do. Yeah, and then I found yoga. <laughs> how did you find it? Other than that class that you were talking about, like how? I guess what I'm what I'm compelled by is like how did it how did it sink into you? Um, I'll, I'll okay, I'll frame this. Uh, I think for me. I think a lot of it has to do with like where the person is, where they are in their life, right? So if it, things are going great, I don't know if yoga really affects people that that same way. You know, if I won the lottery and I everything was going great for me and I did a, took a yoga class for the first time, it'd be like that sucked. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> but for me, I, I was like I was searching for something, and I remember um, I was always curious about yoga and i you know i tried to go on yeah, try to go on youtube and like look at things and and so um and so cause i i would ask her like can you because she had been taking yoga i said can you show me how to do things she said look you just need to stop being a wimp and like go to the class that's your fear so just get over it that's the big thing mm -hmm. so okay okay i'll do it so i went with her to a vinyasa class it was super crowded and i was just so confused and I'm like, yeah, I liked it, but I didn't love it. But I'll give it another try. And so I went, and um, it was it was at Yoga to the People. I, I went, and then I, I was running late, and then I <laughs> Charlie is actually there. I was running late, and then I said, I am confused which room I'm supposed to go to. I'm, I'm supposed to meet somebody. And said, so you missed that class. I guess she had already been in there, but this class is starting. It's it's hot yoga. I said, what's that? I thought, like, they give you hot chocolate or something. I had no idea. He's like, no, you, you, like, he was saying, like, it's 90 minutes. It's, you're gonna, it's gonna be insufferable. But at the end, you feel great. So you want to do it? I went, and he was, like, calling me out. I went, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, 
that it was so painful. I was like, I can't. I, it was like, like I was in hell, like literal <laughs> hell. And then, uh, but for some reason, there was something. I guess it really. They were opening up like, like rooms in my mind of like, how to look at the world a little differently. And so it wasn't like a like I you know taking that one class and then I'm starting doing cartwheels and I'm singing. <laughs> It was like a slow, gradual thing mm -hmm. for me, and like I wanted to come back because, and then that euphoria that you talked about, like after class, that's when it that's when it started to hit me, and then that's when it started becoming like routine for me of like, I I can't get the end until I kind of suffer through like the, you know that time, and so I wanted to do it, and then obviously you get to a point where it's not suffering and it's just that 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 feeling of the very end, there's, there's just nothing like it. I don't know. I don't know if you actually get to that point. <laughs> what point? The point at the end? Oh, the point of not suffering. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, because I think, like, if you, if the class is kind of just so easy, then it's like, what, what did I, I do? I don't think, I don't, see, like, I don't think there is a point. And I actually say that a lot in my classes after camel pose, you know, camel is the, biggest for those who don't know is one of the heart openers it's the deepest backbend in class and a lot of people come out of it and that's when the emotions show up that's when like the body sensations show up the most and i started saying that oh a lot of oh, one of my friends actually said it to me he was uh you know if i grab my heels or if i bring you know if i can go deeper it's gonna feel better and i'm like no i touch you know, I go all the way down. I bring the back of my head to my feet. I do full camel. And it still feels exactly the same. And I still feel all those feelings, all those emotions. So it's not the point to get to the easy part, but I think it's the point to expand so much so that you can absorb all those emotions, you know, and hold space for them and like get bigger, grow bigger spiritually, if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what, I think that's what brings people back. And I think that is kind of like the root of why people kind of do things like that are hard. And I think you get mm -hmm. that, you get that fulfillment and that reward as opposed to just, I don't know, eating your favorite ice cream and you feel good. Cause then after that, after a while you feel like, what did, what did I just do? Yeah. I think, and I see this a lot in people where they're not, they they love the idea of of perseverance and working hard and you know all these slogans but then they get I, the yoga yoga class for me hot yoga class for me is kind of is a true example of of life because people because you know you see people right there you get so excited in the beginning of the class mm -hmm. and you know they're pumped they're talking to their friends they're joking around and I'm like, yeah, right. And see you in 20, <laughs> like in the 20 minute mark, like after warm up. <laughs> and then they're just like, I want to get out of here. They can't, you know, like it's not what they expected. It's mm -hmm. harder than they expected. And so they want to get out. And some people actually do leave. And, but I think that's the, that's kind of been like a, like a, an allegory of life, right? We, we expect things. We know it's going to be hard. And then when it actually is hard, we kind of back out and we're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. But there's so much more at the other end, right? If we just kind of sit tight. Yeah, I agree. Now you, now you <laughs> mentioned that you, um, you were talking about your school and you, you had no desire. You didn't really know what you wanted to, to study, but you did eventually go to school, right? Yeah. I, uh, went to school in the beginning of this year, actually. Yeah. My first semester, uh, for physical therapy. 
So, so what has that been like? What compelled you to do that? Yoga. <laughs> well, I knew that. By the way, if you're listening, you have no interest in yoga. Then yeah, this is this this episode isn't for you. Like we'll talk about like. I don't I know. know. I'll talk about race cars or something. In well, episode. I can, I can coming back to bad shit crazy. I can uh, say that yoga did save my life, right? And the way I look at it now, as I'm, st- I still do like talk about myself as a crazy, but not necessarily crazy as going out and drinking, and you know, until you like black out, until you can remember <laughs> things. And yeah, I was at this point, unfortunately, unfortunately, or fortunately, who knows? Right. You know, <laughs> gonna own my experiences. Um, but I still have that energy with me, right? And I don't think that you ever get rid of that energy. Like, it's, it's a part of me which likes extreme. It's a part of me which likes exploring things, right? And going to that point where you cannot turn back. Either it's drinking or if it's yoga or if it's anything in my life, right? So if I choose to do something, um, now I just use that energy towards the good things, right? Dipping in my practice, dipping in my asana practice doing more teacher trainings like going to school you know i use that energy to actually build my life towards something better sounds like an addictive personality uh, yeah right? it yeah. does but, they, yeah. but in a positive way maybe i should work in it but you're doing all these good things that's uh, no i think that's right. fine balance i didn't think i don't know i didn't think it's good or bad you know but what what made you say like you know what i'm going to school even though i thought i'd never would uh I just think in you know this world and in this country, I sort of need a degree to move towards any career. And um, physical therapy is because I do want to learn more about movement, and I do want to back up my yoga knowledge with you know Western science and a degree. <laughs> and how has it been uh, being a student again? I love it. Yeah. I love it, and I think it's a perfect time for me to go. You know, it's a perfect time that I went back. Because I didn't think I was ready to go back to school for the past 10 years. Because now I'm actually looking forward to classes and I'm looking forward to the knowledge. And it's something I want to do. Now, do you ever find yourself in certain situations that you had been into? Um, it's called the, the batshit era of, <laughs> of, of your life. And then you find yourself in those situations now and you're, you know how to react differently. Like, for instance, like, we all have, like, there's this compulsion that we all have, like, we get, we get heated, right? If, like, whether it's so, an interpersonal relationship that goes kind of sour or maybe somebody that bumps you, like, on the subway or something like that, um, do you react differently nowadays as opposed to that, like, that old, that old, like, rough tub? Yeah. Crazy person you were. <laughs> so crazy. I love it. Thank you so much. For it. <laughs> I try to. I do try to. I do have outbursts of anger, but I don't show them out. You know, I try to keep it to myself. Um, brave for it. Uh, but I do think I come down a lot um, with this like negative energy. How do, so how do you deal with that? How do I deal with distraction, um, irritation? I don't know. <laughs> I just deal with it. <laughs> I just deal with it. Like then that's the point. I think we don't like we don't necessarily think to have to like think how we do things. You know, this past semester, my first semester back in college, I had two jobs and I was a full time student taking was it like five classes. Um, I didn't sleep. 
I did not sleep more than five hours. We did not have time to do this, <laughs> as you remember. I did not have time to do anything. Um, and a lot of people, like, first of all, a lot of people who I told that I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing, they were like, you, you, you know, you can't do this. Like, don't tell me I can't do anything. You know, right. don't, don't set me towards failure. Right, that's, that's their projection of like, no, you may not be able to yeah, do that, right? Yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, oh, you're crazy. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have... But some other people will be like, how do you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. There's just something I have to do, and I know I have to do this, so I'm just doing it. You know, and I think staying outside of that place where the mind starts labeling things, where the mind starts telling you things, where the mind starts telling you that you cannot do something, or if there's a certain thing of doing things, is a really good place to like get caught on. You know, and what matters is stepping away from it. You know, trust in your God, trust in your heart, and just doing it. <laughs> You know, either it's in a yoga room, either it's with a pose, or either it's outside in life. Right. Yeah. What What are some uh, some myths about yoga that you think you can uh, dispel for for people listening? One thing actually has been bothering me a lot um, since I started to promote myself a lot more as a yoga teacher, and now it's my full time job. A lot of my friends, uh, especially guys, um, reaching out to me saying that, oh, you know, I want to try yoga, but I have a certain fear of trying it. I don't want to be the only guy in the class. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Or like the worst part, the worst one is like, I'm not flexible enough. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the time. Like you don't have to be flexible. You don't have to be at a certain point in your life to try yoga. Right, you know, like as you mentioned earlier, that fear of just actually going to class, and so many people have that. And I wish I had a way to just tell those people, you know, like get out of your comfort zone. You don't have to do the poses if you don't want to. Just find a time and place, put on some comfortable clothes, and come and try, and that's it. Right. Try. The idea is that you're. If you want to do it, see that was the thing that like I um, am so grateful that I took that that leap is because it's not like there was some like a foreign food that I never like oh my god like I don't want to eat that and then I ate it and I was like surprised. I wanted to do it. I was just fearful of it. And so for me, I'm looking back and I'm like, God, I'm glad I'm not that person anymore. Because then we start to get into these these pigeonholes, right? Of like you wanting to do something and you it's like, no, I shouldn't do that because of the way I'll look or people the way people see me, then you'll never that means you'll never try another like you'll never learn another language. You'll never try to you know, you try new foods or you you will always you'll always be safe. Mm -hmm. And there's no I find that there's no learning that way. I mean you'll look cool maybe, right? And then you'll be you'll never look like a fool, but you'll be so safe. And yep. that to me is, that's, that is, uh, that catches up to you. Yeah. Do you find that, um, you're talking about like guys in particular, like I, I've noticed that like guys for some reason are, are, are not, um, they seem hesitant to learn in a class situ scenario. Have you noticed that? Whether it's like, I don't know, maybe like a spin class or Pilates or even like, in higher learning, like in, um, in actual academic settings, like guys seem to be more 
compelled to be more vocal. Um, they, they seem to be uh, resistant in, in regards to how they're being, how they're, how they're projecting themselves. Um, do you find, do you notice that? Not okay. really. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm just going to cut that. <laughs> I just look like a fool. <laughs> no, I, I, thank you for your perspective. I, I, no, I haven't, I haven't really noticed that. Um, I think with what we talked about earlier, the, like fear about trying yoga, I think it's just um, pure stereotypes that, you know, yoga is for women. Right. And all this the image of the white American girl doing yoga, teaching yoga, you know, uh, beautiful body, fit, uh, wearing like Lululemon or something like that, right. you yeah. know. And that's a stereotype. That's the picture of how yoga looks like here. Yeah, I, I think... And I would, I think I'm glad that it, the the tide is turning. That there is there's workouts where like, you know, guys were like doing deadlifts, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. But yoga is hard. I mean, it's just different. But it's yeah, it's obviously hard. it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. So those things that you mentioned, like some people, so I get I get that too. Like, oh my god, you must be like flexible now. I'm like, I don't think I don't think I'm actually any more flexible, and I've been doing this for a few years. <laughs> The thing is, that's what I thought. Like, I thought, like, okay, so if I do this a certain amount of time, then, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be like a pretzel. I don't <laughs> think I've ever, I don't think I've achieved that. But to me, it's like, and that's, the, I think this is the, the key to a lot learning is you have this concept of what you, or, or, you know, this goal that you want. And then when you get through the, to go through the process, you start to realize that, yeah, that's not important to me anymore. I've mm-hmm. discovered this. I would have never discovered this is what I want had I not started this. Yeah. So the the flexibility aspect to me is like, it's just not important to me. I like for me, it's like, can I hold a pose? And I think I'm pretty good at that. Can I take the heat now? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need like water or anything like that. Like I've, like I think I'm resilient despite like even like in like July where like you just want to. <laughs> You're already sweating. And, like, yeah. The teacher hasn't even shown up. So those things, like I'm, like I'm proud that I've like move, move the needle on that for me. And that's just for me. I'm not like, I don't care about like how I look to other people or anything like that. But I think there, there, there is this little, this little voice or this kind of thing in, in, in I think everybody's mind that, you know, this you're looking around. You can't help but look around. And mm-hmm. what? How do we get rid of that? And do you find that, is that something we should even get rid of? Or is it something that, because to me, I feel like it's sometimes it's noise, but it's there, right? So you can't help. You're going to look around, right? You're going to notice this person is drank, like he drank two bottles of water. (laughs) This person is just like, oh my God, he's like, she's like really flexible. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's not just inside of a yoga room, right? It's in real life too, right, looking exactly. around. It's right. like, oh, I'm doing the same, but somebody next to me is doing that same thing cooler than me. And right. then like, maybe I'm not good enough doing this. So maybe should I even do that? Maybe I should try something else. <laughs> you know, <Right>. <laughs> all those things. Um, and I cannot tell, I don't, there is no answer. It's like, what should you do as a person to get rid of it? I can tell you it helps me. Um, and it's actually something I'm still struggling with. Just accepting myself for who I am. All right. And being like, this is what I am. This is my style. This is how I do things. Being seen and allowing people to see me and accepting that part of vulnerability that comes with it. 
And it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so hard. Um, which is funny because I just had a conversation with a dear friend of mine about that YouTube video we discussed earlier. Mm. I, he, he looked at it and he told me he's watching it. And my first response was like, oh my God, like, why are you wasting your time on it? And he's like, well, every time, like, it was his words were like, why, what, why is that your reaction? You know, why is whenever you get exposed, you hide and run away from it? Right. Right. And exactly, it's the same thing. It's the fear. It's the fear of being seen. It's the fear of vulnerability. It's the fear that I'm not good enough. And I think that's why narcissists are, do, are so compelled in our society. The, guy, the person who comes in the room, look at me. Mm -hmm. And then we all kind of shrivel and we kind of do. <laughs> That's why you have like all these CEOs and like, like people who, who don't have that introspection, but don't care and they just kind of move forward and just take us with their momentum. I wish it was the other way around. I wish people who were more um, reflective could kind of put that out there and, and in a way kind of bring people along to say, hey, let's look, all look at each other. I bet we have more in common and, and more insecurities in common than, than you would think. And it's but happening. I guess I guess nobody wants to talk about that. No, it's it's happening. It's happening. It's happening slowly. Um, it's happening. <laughs> I'm having this like huge thought, but I did not know how to form that thought. So. <laughs> oh no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think um, I think you attract the people in your orbit based on your own energy, right? And so, like for me. So I came to New York uh, as, um, you know, I had aspirations to be a filmmaker and a writer, and I had that kind of um, pollination of, I was around artists. And then, you know, as I slowly started to kind of peel that away, and I started realizing that that existence of storytelling and, and being in media and, and film, we were... I don't know. I felt like I felt like that was a relationship that I was not I was wasn't in love with anymore. And I was more I, I started to fall in love with like nature and and the world and kind of like learning about myself and the notion mm -hmm. of I don't know, kind of shooting like bands music videos yeah. just wasn't compelling to me anymore. And so that, the, that orbit to me, like just kind of went away like for me because I'm, I don't see the world like that anymore. And so I kind of see the world differently. And so now I like to think that my energy is attracting different types of people as opposed to them. And so like case in point, I ran into, I ran into this actress that I hadn't seen in a few years and she was like, how, how are you doing? And I said, I'm good. And like, I said, like, oh, you know, I haven't, I, I don't really, you know, I don't really, I don't really go up to castings or anything like that anymore. And, but I did say like, but I'm ha the happiest that I've ever been. Mm -hmm. She looked at me like I was insane. Like, like, okay, I guess we're done talking. And cause she, cause she just rattled her resume. And when I said, I don't do that, but I'm, I'm like super happy. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, I feel like, you know, I'm eating healthier and I'm in a great relationship and 
I, I just I discovered yoga. She looked at me like, oh, "Fuck you! I don't want to talk to you now." <laughs> like, okay, like yeah. well, that makes two of us. Like, go. Live life. Yeah. yeah, different people have different values in life. Um, what happened to me? Similar story in a way. Um, I did quit drinking six months ago, almost six months ago, <laughs> and there was a really in a way, scary choice, but not scary choice that, you know, I'm going to do it. And I wasn't afraid of, like, being weak and having a drink. But my fear was, how am I going to hang out with people? Right. You know, and unfortunately, in this world, it's always like, oh, maybe it was me and my surroundings there at that time. It'd be like, oh, you know, let's catch up. Where are we going to go? We're going to go to the bar or like happy hour or this or that barbecue. It's everywhere. And as we discussed, I have addictive personality. So it's never one for me or two. And I made a decision that it stopped working for me so quick. Uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, um, people showed up in a different way. And first, of course, people tried to break me, especially working at a bar at the time I was. Oh, have a drink, have a shot, it's a nuts, what are you doing, are you crazy, you're not drinking, you work at a bar, bartender who's not drinking. Yeah. Oh, Come you're on. full of shit. Yeah, yeah. totally, <laughs> all the time. I mean, this is like, I have my reasons, you know, right. like, just respect my decision. And certain, certain friends actually was of me, uh, respectful of me and never forced me to, and we found ways to hang out, and we found ways to catch up, and... Um, I started to form a deeper, better relationship with people. And there were a couple of other friends who were doing the same thing at the time, which is like not drinking. So we connected. Yeah. And then eventually I ended up quitting my bar job because like that universe, what you're saying about like at your energy attracts different people around you. Right. I think that's what happened. And I also became a lot more aware that the bar drains me. It makes me unhappy. You know, and no matter how much money I make a night, no matter how easy the job is, which honestly is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> Bartending is not easy for whoever thinks it is. Um, you know, and I cut it out of my life. And I can tell the same thing. Yes, I may make a lot less money and maybe it's struggling at times, but I'm a lot happier. Yeah, teaching yoga full time and just chilling, you know, making my own food, slipping maybe a little <laughs> bit less, but whatever <laughs> yeah i um so i stopped drinking uh beginning of the year or maybe december so yeah I, so it's been the whole, like cool. i haven't and so to into to like your dilemma of like you know people who want to compromise you hanging out i just don't hang out with them yeah, yeah and it's just I, I, for me i don't know how it I, it's not like go fuck yourself for me it's just like um well i'm not gonna do that so like i'm actually okay we'll see each other eventually i'm okay like <laughs> and that this is something that i had to do for myself like because i had the compulsion too of like you know i'll see these certain friends and then we'll we'll drink and we'll have fun and we'll talk about this you know just but then i started thinking like what's it all about like where am i going mm -hmm. like like you know when i you know having parents that are um or have health challenges and having experienced uh, friends that are um, uh, ha having health issues just because of diet and nutrition and lack of exercise. But that, that's just, that's, that's one aspect that, that made me change. But another one was you can't, you know, if you really want to grow, you have to challenge yourself and do things that, um, you know the outcome is going to be better for you. You just may not like the work, 
So <laughs> what's come stopping you from doing it, right? So uh, I think everybody knows that you can't drink for your whole... Well, actually, I, <laughs> actually, that's not true. I think some people do know that they believe they can drink for the whole time. But <clears throat> for me, I just felt like those are... it's. The end game for me is like what I ultimately want to do. I want to be stronger, like mentally and stronger emotionally. And I don't want that compulsion of like needing to do a certain thing uh, and just be f- like having my mind free. And so it's weird. I, so I had this, this fear of like, well, what am I going to do around these friends? And I just, just don't hang out with them. And, but it freed up my mind more of like, I'm telling you, there were nights where I'm like, what am I going to do now? Like, what am I, I have all this time. Cause I usually would hang out with this person. And I'm like, now I'm not, I didn't feel sad. I, you know, it's like, if you, it's okay. If you want to judge me or put me in like some sort of box for you, it, like, I'm, I'm not saying fuck you. It truly is okay. Yeah. But it also tells about, like says a lot more about them and not about you. Sure. That, yeah. The box they created for you for right. not drinking. That's not your problem. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, you, you, Sometimes, you know, you're, you run congruently with people in your path, and then sometimes you have to diverge and mm-hmm. get off and exit, and, and they may have to, too, and, and maybe eventually you'll link back up. But the journey of, of your self-actualization, it's not linear. It, you have to try new things. You have to challenge yourself. I'm not saying you have to run 26 miles every day. I mean, you can. <laughs> Some people do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I won't. But, no, yes, but, but, but doing things that like, uh, you know, I know in the end it'll make sense. Or in, in the antithesis of like, if this doesn't make sense, why do you still do it? You know? Um, and I was a bartender. And I think the hardest part wasn't like the actual work. It was just listening to people. Okay. Right? I don't know how you felt. I just, because there were times where I just felt like, oh, shut the fuck up. I don't care. See, no, I can listen to people. I don't mind. <laughs> I like to talk and I'll, I can talk for hours uh, for sure. Um, for me, the hardest part was seeing people like doing that to themselves and just getting to the point that like, they're, they're like crazy drunk, you know? Especially when I became sober, I could really distance myself from that. Right. And see how it looks like. And it's kind of nasty. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's nasty. Like, no, you don't need another drink. Go home. Sleep it off. Like, take care of your life. And the place I used to work at was a metal dive bar where people go to forget all their problems. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Uh, like, starting, you know, right after they get off. And uh-huh. continue until they look out. And... Teaching yoga, on the other hand, is like I help people, right? And then I go to the bar (laughs) (laughs) and help people in another way. (laughs) So I just had to uh, make a decision for myself. Like, okay, what do I want to do? What kind of help do I want to, you know, (laughs) continue doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's why it became hard. Like, it became harder mentally than physically. But physically can be drained, too. Yeah, yeah. And then... You end up getting home at like five and you're like mm-hmm. wired and you have to watch TV, eat bad food and then <laughs> do it all again. Yeah. For me, yeah. that, yeah, that was the, it was, um, it was, yeah, it was just draining mentally for me. And yeah. Um, but there, you know, it's weird. Like <clears throat> there's this romantic image of like being out at night in New York and then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it, 
more on me. Yeah, I guess when you're like 22, 21, <laughs> it's still romantic. <laughs> but then you like turn 30 and you're like, nah, not that well, much yeah. romantic and then it's anymore. like I, there's some other things I want to do during the day. <laughs> yeah. But again, it was really scary to quit and leave that cash out and be like, okay, I'm not going to do it any longer. What are some other things that you that are exciting you that are on her, your horizon that you want to explore or get into? Well, being in school um, and taking English class reminded me of how much I love to write. And uh, I got back to writing and not just writing. Well, also, like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram. I, like, try to do a little writing and, like, underneath each post and yeah. explore some sort of subject and try to talk <laughs> about things. Um, you're... you're um... Yeah, your Instagram is is one of the more compelling ones. I'm not saying that because you're right in front Thank of me, you. but <laughs> and I'll put all the links up in, in on the show notes. But, um But yeah, even if somebody's not into yoga, it's very it's very inspiring. So yeah, so it took me uh, to remember. I had like this incredible, incredible English professor, and she didn't push us to do something we didn't want to do. She was actually trying to inspire us to write, and we could write about whatever we wanted to. We had, um, I don't remember, like fixed grading system, whatever it is. Like basically, if you submit everything you need to submit on time, you're guaranteed to be. Um, and then if you want to go for an A, you have to like go a little further. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, was, this was in New York? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in New York. It was just like this past semester. And she inspired me. She totally inspired me. She, you know, gave me tools. She helped me to remember that I love to write. And I had a meeting with her asking her about how do I get into writing? You know, if I want to write poetry, if I want to like publish my book, what are the steps I've taken? And she was able to help me out. And then surprisingly, my universe provided an opportunity to write articles. Wow, um, that's amazing. Yeah, for an online magazine, the first one I'm almost finished with. Um, so I'm really, really excited. That's almost, that's amazing. Yeah, I've never done it before, so it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also working on my poetry book. Um, yeah. So when you um, when you th when the the ideas come to you, whether it's poetry or prose, what language is it in? English. So yeah. you're you're thinking in English now. Are you dreaming in English? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I barely speak Russian. I mean, I can I can speak it. It's my native language. Um, but I do have to think about what I say. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what's it like when you when uh, when you run into uh, somebody from Russia? in New York? Is it like kind of like a standoff? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is like a complicated, um, question. <laughs> I don't like to put people in boxes. And when I run into somebody from Russia, I usually still try to position myself as American first. Like, I would speak English. If it's somebody I did not know, I would speak English. Unless if they clearly do not speak English and they need help understanding their own language, then I would switch to Russian. Um, however, I am very careful with my own people because I found that for some reasons, you know, being from the same land, being the same nationality, uh, translates into this, oh, we're like bodies, you know, but we're not bodies. I don't know you, you do not know me. Right. Like me being from the same land or speaking the same language doesn't really mean that, you know, I will like you as a person. So, yeah, I'm trying to stay away from it. Um, 
and I'm like, I have a lot of Russian friends, right? I'm not saying that like I don't like Russians or anything like that. No, but to me, it doesn't matter if you're like Russian or Irish or Jamaican or right. whoever, right? You're a person. You're the person I'm going to talk to as a person. That's it. Do you feel like they there's um, they kind of um, they kind of assess you in in their own in their own way? I think so. It happened in the bar a lot because in a bar it would be, yeah, you know, and people would like start speaking Russian, especially like guys who tried to hit on me. Like, oh, you're Russian, cool. I am too. Let's <laughs> hang out. Like, mm, awesome. Like, <laughs> no, let's not hang like, out. Really, dude? Dude, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be more than that. Like, just... I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you and then like russian guys are really uh straightforward right they do not know boundaries a lot of times so i would continue speaking english to them and got accused of like being a traitor of my culture (laughs) yeah and like being a traitor of my language i'm like no i'm speaking english to you because that's the boundary between us right now you know you're not my body you're not my best friend i'm not gonna pour you drinks on a house i'm not gonna like cut your check like no you're a customer i'm the bartender period that's the relationship it doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter where i'm from um. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think that's with everybody. I think everybody gets that to some degree um, the, from the, the the country that you're from, and then the people that come here, uh, they kind of project them how they feel about either the United States or themselves onto you. And they're like, who, mm-hmm. who do you think you are? <laughs> oh, you're not going to be friendly to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember your first impression of when you went into a uh, United States uh, grocery store? Like how massive they are? Like oh, a, my God. Like a Trader um, Joe's or a Whole Foods? or. I don't. I don't remember that. Because for the first... When I first moved here, I stayed in, like, Russian community ships at Bay, Brooklyn. I didn't think they really have that many massive stores there. Um, I think the first, that impression you're talking about was actually not that long ago when I went to, like, Walmart in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, and then it was like, why do you need an aisle of bread? Yeah. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) And they have, like, mayonnaise jars that look like like oxygen tanks. Totally, Yeah. yeah. It was hard to find stuff. Um, you know, it was, I don't know. I was just have like you, totally lost. Actually, have you traveled a lot? Uh, the, some. So you said Pennsylvania, that's pretty rural, that area? My first, my first place where I traveled to in the United States was actually Hawaii. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? I've actually never been. It was fun. A friend of mine, I wanted to go to Miami. And I found this friend who wanted to go on vacation as well. And she somehow magically found us a hot deal. All ex- it wasn't all exclusive, but it was flight and hotel to Hawaii for a week for like 900 bucks. That's before you moved here. No, it was when I moved here. After oh. I moved here. Yeah, which was like, that's incredible. Um, you know, for the flight to Hawaii and the hotel, like, yeah. <laughs> so we went to Hawaii and it was good. It was cool. I Have loved you been it. back since? No, there was the only time. Do you ever think about like going back to Hawaii and doing yoga? I would love to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My goal is to actually teach and travel. I would love to travel the world and do like yoga workshops. And now, I think like, so I think about that. So when I travel and I see like little like little shops and then it says like in a window like we hot yoga and i'm like do they have like a little space heater like how like 
do you th- have you practiced in like different areas mm-hmm. and like kind of absorbed how they're like the yoga culture is there not yet <laughs> you should do like a trip i am i'm going yeah. to san francisco and the studio i'm working for they actually have a studio there so i probably gonna teach a couple of classes there and practice there yeah i'm looking forward to it that's gonna be my first you know not drinking yoga inspired <laughs> trip but i want to see you go to like 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 in the midwest and like canada and like you know and like see these air because i'm i've always been curious and like maybe it's the i i really don't want to be like the snobbish new yorker but then sometimes i think like what like what kind of practice are they doing like it in a you know in a shopping mall you know yeah. like they have like a like a, a yoga um they they offering yoga classes and like you know, right next to a Walmart and a KFC. <laughs> I, again, I don't, it's probably me being like snobbish, but like, I just, I am curious if like, sometimes I just like, maybe I should stop what I'm doing and go in there and check it out. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. And like, if I run out, I run into something like that, I probably will too. Just expanding your world, you know, <laughs> trying new things. So we talked a lot about, um, you know, uh, the process of doing difficult things to learn. And you talked a lot about um, kind of like your your evolution to get to where you currently are. What would you say to yourself of that, you know, the the version of you from 10 years ago? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what would I say to myself? 10 is a lot. How about five? Where was I five years ago? (laughs) I don't know. Love yourself. Probably love yourself more. Yeah, and I still still tell it to myself. Um, It's not like, it's not something that happens over there and just the switch, you know, turns on and that's it. The light is there. Maybe for some people it is, but not for me. For me, it's, you know, everyday journey. It's waking up and like thinking good thoughts, making a choice to, you know, be positive, making a choice to continue what I'm doing, uh, making a choice to love myself, making a choice to, you know, be in a hot room and <laughs> sweat and be like, ah, it feels like hell, but being like, no, I'm here by choice. Right. <laughs> it's know? funny, like I, I can endure a hot room, but like put me on a subway platform and like, <laughs> oh, it's like, get me out of here. Um, so this is uh, what I ask all, all my guests. Um, of the show, um, what is happiness to you? That's a good question. Um, I don't think feeling like happiness is to me at least lies in the outside world. It's, and I know it for a fact, it's a feeling inside of me. I know how it feels, um, to me. And yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) It's just, that's plenty. That's great. Yeah. I think it's all instinctive. Right? Yeah. So you know it. Yeah. Totally. And one of the biggest things this year, considering the whole thing, like doing the teacher training and quitting drinking and quitting the job, is inspired by, you know, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Follow your gut. Do what makes you happy. And so I literally, if there is something I don't want to do, if there is something that I know is going to drain my energy, I don't do it. <laughs> and the other way around. Um yeah, so I can I can say I'm really happy. That's great. Well, Diana, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. So it's been a, a, a 
It's always a pleasure to, to see you in person. And, and again, uh, uh, I'll put the links of uh, her Instagram in the, in the show notes in the news feed so you won't have to haul off your uh, elliptical or crash your car. Um, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's a privilege and an honor. Uh, sweet listeners, as I always say, you're part of this conversation too. You're just on the quiet side. Bodhisattva, go out and do good in the world. Thanks. Two jumps in a week, but you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? Flying on your motorcycle, watching all the ground beneath you drop. You kill yourself for recognition, kill yourself to never Sad spot of pieces You just sit there wishing you could still make